The battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by most of the team. Once again, some of our members were a little under the weather, so that's all right, Casey. Please feel better, get better, drink your orange juice, and get over what horrible sickness you picked up from some perp. But we are joined by Steve, the man who will be able to fit 250 points of Aeronautica Imperialis into a 150-point list. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Remember, math is optional. (laughs) Math is optional until I review your list. We're also joined by Brett. Brett, who is so old that he still refers to the Eldari as Eldar. Brett, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. (laughs) Well, that's all right. We'll change your vocabulary or we'll give you cue cards that we'll put next to your ships. But tonight, we're not going to talk about Blood Red Skies, so sorry for all of you historical advocates who are tired of us talking about Space Marines, because we're going to talk about Space Marines. So we're joined tonight by Dave from the Adepticon staff, who is the host of the Heresy Aeronautica Imperialis event at Adepticon, of course. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. And Doug, thanks so, for thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So glad to get you on the on the program. I know you and I have talked for, uh, yeah, way too long about planning Aeronautica stuff and, and coming up with good ideas. Uh, and I'll say it now at the start of the podcast. Uh, I hate you for the good ideas you keep coming up with that I literally look at and go, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so nice job out there. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's been a, a group effort with, uh, you know, some of the AI players I know. Yeah, it's it's been good because I th- I think we'll talk about it later tonight, but we're each trying to do different things. We're trying to either plug loopholes or ways of playing or change some things about AI and really have a fun event uh, for two different categories, for uh, Her- Horace Heresy era AI and for 40K AI. But before we get to all that and talk about Adepticon events and plans and what the rules are going to be, Give us a little background on you and how you ended up in miniature wargaming and uh, more importantly, as running events at Adepticon. Well, let's see where to begin. Uh, I guess it was the late 80s. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I I, I played... Uh, the earth had started to cool by the time that <laughs> right. Brett was getting into... Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I was, uh, you know, I was one of those those kids that, you know, I went to, uh, we had a gamer's paradise in the local mall. I, I found, um, you know, Rogue Trader, Warhammer 40,000 and, you know, sort of haven't really stopped since then. Yeah, yeah I that's think, right, boys and girls. Dave is an old guy like me that played yeah, Rogue Trader. <laughs> that book you buy in limited edition form for twice as much as we paid. <laughs> right. That you could get in a reprint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was mostly for a long time. I was a Warhammer fantasy player, uh, you know, all through college. And then we got into Epic showed up Epic space Marine. And that was our, you know, that was sort of the, that was our jam in college for a long time. Uh, I still have a squat army, you know, a nineties. Yeah. I'm nineties retro squats that nobody likes. They like leagues of Ultan or whatever that are eh. super high tech. I like old retro squats, angry, angry dwarves, angry space dwarves. There is, there is nothing like putting on uh, the gin blossoms and painting (laughs) a squat airship. Oh yes. So yeah, I'm still a nineties player at heart. I think same, same with Necromunda. I I got into Necromunda in the nineties. Uh, Ace of Base Army. (laughs) Exactly. So then I sort of switched. I did, I I was, I became mostly a painter. I did the Golden Demons for a while. But, uh, you know, I always came back to, especially the the specialist games. Um, And when Forge World came out with the first uh, Aeronautica uh, book, you know, that was, 
that was a must buy. Our group really got into that. And I ran that at Adepticon years ago. Yeah, I, I rolled in right at the end of that. I mean, literally, Aeronautica was being sundowned by Forge World in its first iteration. Uh, I had just gotten back into miniature wargaming and playing 40K. Uh, and saw that and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then it got shut down and totally went away. So uh, that that was frustrating. I still have have the old rules, but, uh, but it's Absolutely. cool to see it reborn and, and, and come back as a new new rule set. And it kind of, it's, it's return was kind of a, it was a nice surprise. You know, I didn't really expect it to come back. Um, and I didn't expect it to come back with the support that they've given it. Right. You know, it's still a little bit of a, a niche game. You know, and it, it is, and and I know everybody gets frustrated because they find something they like to play, they invest in it, they pick an army or multiple armies, and it's it's frustrating that it doesn't go as far as we would like it to go with GW, and I understand that, but I think in this new specialist games world, they are putting a lot more baseline support in there, and then they are going to walk away from some of these games for a couple of years, and we'll see if they do something else. But they're they're slowing their pace, but they've I feel like they've given a significant amount you can play with. Sure, there's armies that still don't have specialized models like Chaos. I get it. I know if, if you're a Chaos player, I apologize in advance. Uh, you're getting screwed. <laughs> go go paint your lightnings and your your thunderbolts in some funny colors. Um, but but the fact is they've already gotten back to almost where they were when they shut it down. So my feeling is there's there's still going to be some progression there. So I'm 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 happy it's back. Right. And the models, you know, now in plastic and not, oh, in plastic, you know, resin. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely more of a painter than a, a, a modeler. Um, I, I find some kits frustrating, but not the Aeronautica kits at all. Yeah. Yeah, they, in fact, they're they even are, fun to paint or put together. Yeah, yeah, I, I like how quick they go together. I like how um, they're just there's there's so much detail there. It's obviously that their process has changed. They're now taking their large renders, dropping them down to small uh, items. It's the same thing they did in Titanicus. Uh, so AT had all the benefit of all the large scale renders uh, brought down to size, so the models are just exquisite. Um, you know, I I can always get frustrated with the quality of components and things like that because. Like anything else, GW has to figure out what's the what's the thing that's going to make all their money back, and it's giving you cheap cardboard and giving, <laughs> right. you know the, all this money they've they've sunk into the plastic models. Uh, but you know, overall, it's experience wise, especially as a box set where you're you're getting all these three different iterations of really cool pairings of of different forces and a map and rules and chits and a bunch of plastic. Um, it, it you know it, it scratches the itch for me. You know, it goes back to, sorry if you're a Chaos player, I, I realize you're all left out in the cold. <laughs> sorry if you're an old Tyranids player, you're left out in the cold. Um, but but for all the other armies, it scratches the itch. And, and the models, I th- I think I would not be far off in saying almost all of them paint well. Um, I, Absolutely. I there, there's a couple that are, that are resin, and when you're the Necrons, I mean, you have like two colors anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I've right. seen some really exquisitely de- detailed Necron models. So I think, I think all the same care that went into Forge World's work years ago is still there uh, in, in all these plastic and resin models. Right. And the books have been high quality. Yep. You know, the, the, the campaign books are book. gold to yeah. me. I mean, and, and the heresy book as well, um, because it, it gives you a lot of that background and alternate rules and still gives you the basic scenarios. Um, but I, I, I think I used to kind of wonder why would anyone want to buy one of those, those campaign books. And then I picked up Taurus air war and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a good reference to have. Right. And the Horus heresy book has sort of made it, uh, you know, it's made it, it's still the same game, but it's, it's made it more characterful, I guess. Right. It's made it more thematic. You know, it's very Horus Heresy. You know, it has that Horus Heresy theme to it. But, you know, it's still Aeronautica. And it's, yeah. you know, they've done a great job, I think. Brett, yeah. Brett, I know you had a question. You were going to, you tried to interject there. Oh, yeah. I was just wondering, is, I think Dave said something before we went on air that about a rules update or a, a, a evolution in the rule set as we know it. Has it changed since last Adepticon, how, how it plays in some way? So my take is it hasn't changed even with the compendium that came out right before last Adepticon. Uh, But, and Dave, you you and I've talked about this, just like you said, there's, there's a heresy flavor to, um, 
to the heresy hardback book in the sense of all the abilities are really about the same. I mean, they'll sound like some of the Tau abilities, they'll sound like some of the Eldar abilities, but they paired them with the right Legion in, I would say, 85% of the right <laughs> of the, of the <laughs> right. stuff. There's some that I'm like, dude, you really gave them a crappy Legion trait. Thanks. But, but it's because they were trying to... Th- take traits and abilities that were already validated in playtesting that, that right. we knew worked um, and that weren't too broken. But I, I will be the first to say that I look through it and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm an Imperial Fist player. I like their trait. Some of the other ones, I'm glad I'm not stuck with those guys. <laughs> right. Right. And I think, you know, it's, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's enough sort of general uh, upgrades you can use, you know, I, yeah. I'll use my uh, Sons of Horus, uh, you know, Legion upgrade just to be sort of thematic, to be sort of a completist about it, but it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing is you don't just have to play any of the Legions as, you know, Steve obviously liked playing, uh, you know, Imperial Navy and, uh, and uh, those forces. You could still do that kind of thing in the Horsey Heresy era playing uh, all the the auxilia forces and all that which which I think is cool cuz you you're leveraging the models grognards 30k grognards will complain about the actual pattern of which fighters <laughs> should be in there sure but, but at the same time I'm like man it's in plastic I don't care just paint it in a different paint scheme it's it's your heresy uh your heresy auxilia but uh I think I think it's going to be fun and yeah. I'll be interested to play because, to be honest, I've never played the Heresy era. I've read it, talked about it with a lot of guys who have played it. Um, but this will be my first opportunity to play Legion on Legion versus Auxilio, whoever in that you know non-Xenos world that we're going to be in. Right, and I, I do want to emphasize that like Divisio Aeronautica uh, players are absolutely welcome. It's not <laughs> you know there. I think they're you know, people see sort of a, a tendency to emphasize the Astartes yep. in this period, yep. you know, but, uh, no, the, uh, the Divisio I think is, uh, more than capable of like holding their own in games, you yeah. know? So, yeah. I, and I think that's the good thing is they based everything off play tested point values and right. abilities and, 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 uh, aircraft upgrades. So it wasn't too crazy. I, I think, and this is kind of a segue into our next topic of, of the tweaks we made. I think there are some point value or, or, or point ranges that become a little—I don't want to say broken, but a, a little more weird with Astartes with with Marine forces as you get to higher uh, point values, and you suddenly can get into double Thunderhawk lists and things like that, where right. you where you you get to tougher lists um, to play against. But but quite frankly, I mean, you get that in regular. 40k AI, which is kind of why we changed some of our thought process on how we we played it last year. And not not to say that we had any bad players, because I, I think every single individual that played last year had a great time. And, th- and they all were having a blast, even when they lost horribly. And I wish I could remember who the players were. They sat down across from each other, a Tau versus a Space Marine player for 40k AI, and I had told them, I'm like, if you guys want to use the 250 point list, you can. I, I, I'm not going to say you can't, but that's a heck of a lot of planes to put on the table. I'm like, nah, we'll finish it. It'll be quick. It was because the double Thunderhawk list tabled the Tau in like three turns. I mean, just destroyed everybody. So, so the guy was like, yep, I should have known that would happen to be double Thunderhawk. Couldn't win that one. Um, but uh, so, so we've done some things. We've sculpted uh, some of the point values. And I know Warhammer World went to an odd number. I think theirs was 125. Yeah. You know, that that was kind of a, a weird one. So I was trying to figure out the math behind that. Um, do, do you have any, you know, situational awareness as to why they picked 125, where they'd always been saying 150 is kind of their starting baseline? Right. I don't know if it was just to, I don't know if they were trying to streamline the event. I, you know, I'm not sure. Uh you know, I've been tr- I've been trying to read as much feedback about the the Warhammer World event as I as I can. <laughs> I've been glued to it, and I can't get the information I really want. So I'm yeah, no, gonna have to reach exactly. out to the organizers. I think. <laughs> and then part of me is like, should we even? I mean, really, should we even care? Right? I I think we both have solid methodologies. We at least maybe not methodologies. We at least have solid visions. I think we, we've thought of what we want to do. Whether right. it's backed up by uh, by me actually right. crunching the numbers, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have plans, and I think we have uh, 
you know, they might be innovative solutions to the problem. They may just be bigger problems. I mean, we'll see well, after Adepticon. As but- we were talking about before we started recording, and, and people on the podcast have heard me say this so much before, was that I used to enjoy the 40, the 30K Zone Mortalis so much because it was the kind of event where you had to do a little bit of thinking to bring a fairly constrained list. And even if you got tabled, you were generally having fun. And the games were quick. So if you got tabled, you just played again, you know, and you said, I'm going to try something different. Maybe it is my list, um, or maybe I'll try my other list and, and, and we'll see what, what happens. But I think there's a, there's a tendency to overthink making the game competitive. And I know I'm not trying to do that. And I'm a hundred percent positive. You're not trying to do that. We're (laughs) trying to make fun games and fun narrative without being, while being somewhat balanced that, no one's going to run away and crush everybody else, but you know. Well, I, no, you know, I think that's really important to touch on just from the AI event that uh, we did last year, right? Is we had more people than we were thought we were going to have, right? <laughs> and it was a two or three hour event, right? Yep. And it was everybody short. played it was, it was two quick. or three two games. games yep. And at the end of it, the people who won, the people who didn't win were like, man, I hope you guys do this again next year. I hope, you know, that was so much fun. It was just win, lose, good list, bad list, fun scenario, alternate scenario, whatever it was, everybody just had a great time. And it wasn't about the competitiveness or it wasn't about, you know, min-maxing lists. It was just fun. Well, I learned a lot from that last year, to be honest, because it was so different than our Blood Red Skies events, where we and the community had been trying to craft a tournament that was tight, that was that got rid of loopholes, that was super competitive, but fun, but still super competitive and 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 was was somewhat balanced. Yet that event, we created scenarios that we knew were not balanced. I mean, that we using the Sky Fortress scenario out of uh out of the campaign books is not a balanced scenario, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. And I know we didn't do it there at Adepticon. I think we will do it this year. I'm throwing this out here um, as a, as a plan. Uh, We, we had a blast in Texas when we did the four player um, event organizer controlled sky fortress, because it's one of those kind of events where everybody's just kind of playing against everybody else. Everyone's shooting everyone, but it adds a moment of humor when you as the EO go, I really don't like you, Tal player. And now the Sky Fortress is shooting you this turn. Or I don't like you, you know, Imperial Thunderbolt player. <laughs> the Sky Fortress is going to shoot you this turn. Or you just ignore everyone for a turn and they're like, wait, he didn't shoot this round. What's <laughs> right. going on? You know? So um, I think we're from lear- knowing what I know now, learning from the events last year, people were good to point out some holes in the scenarios, but they also more often than not just wanted something different than lining up all of their fighters and everyone else's fighters and going at it. They, they wanted a scenario that presented them something, you know, fluffy, flavorful, lore based. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Not necessarily narrative because we didn't have a story to it much. Besides what we wrote in the intro. <laughs> well, and I think in, in my experience and having, um, you know, we were talking about our good friend, Nate, who we lost. Nate and I ran a uh, Titanicus uh, event and it was a narrative and, you know, Nate had written the scenarios and they definitely were not balanced. <laughs> but, but like Steve is saying, every at the end of it, everybody was like, that was fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I lost, you know, most of my games, but I had a great time. Yeah. And I think my first year in ZM, I think I lost every single game. I, I don't think I, I won a game that first year I played. The next time I know I won against Chris because I still remind him of that to this day, that <laughs> that he who had always beaten me loses at Adepticon of all events. Um, but yeah, it's it, the fun is in the experience, you know, and, and I'll, I'll dwell on this here because it is it is part of my Adepticon experience. I miss Nate and I, and I miss him deeply. Um, he, he was a, a great man and he was a great influence in why I wanted to keep coming back to Adepticon because he put on a great event and his personality and um, showmanship, I guess, is the best word, was always something that that we looked forward to. Um, so we, we just have to take that banner and run with it uh, between a couple of us here. You know, and I think that's what you like, you know, uh, Mark and Casey, who run the uh, Titanicus now, we've talked about this sort of like our goal uh, 
especially because the Horus Heresy, Aeronautica, and Titanicus were sort of doing a joint uh, narrative where there's going to be a map campaign. And I won't, it, as a side, I've seen there's going to be like three-inch hex, like 3D printed uh, map tiles for the campaign. Oh, nice. <laughs> and and I, I've seen the renders and they just look incredible. But I, we were talking about this and our, our goal is to just sort of, you know, make these games a tribute to Nate this year, you know? And Absolutely. Just, that's, that's awesome. Like you said, he was a, he was a showman and we're going to try and raise the level of our, our showmanship. Yeah. And this is the reality of Adepticon and, and events like it. We go to it as lead pursuit podcast and we host things and we don't know everything and we don't know every rule and we're not the perfect event organizers or TOs, but we go there to build community to have fun. And, you know, whether that community is like Blood of Its Guys or it's super cutthroat, <laughs> Rhonda, we're talking about you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, super cutthroat and, and super, super aggressive. Um, but still, it's a fun community that after we are done being super cutthroat and playing our tournament, then then we're all having a good time. Uh, or it's like AI where everybody's just there to put their airplanes on the table. Some people brought more pretty airplanes than others. And some people brought enough that I think everybody in the event could have played with their box of models. Uh, no one actually had to bring models, but uh, it's it's one of those things that we keep coming back to Adepticon and we keep trying to up the quality of our events because everybody's event there is so good. And everybody really tries their level best to provide fun, to provide something distinctive and a little bit different that isn't like every other event of game X, Y, or Z. Um, and, and to make it kind of community-based, that that people want to be there, they want to see the same people. And I, and I know I'm super spoiled by by having been immersed in the heresy part before I did everything else at Adepticon, um, because that's a tight group, and it's good to it's good to see all those people want to come back and want to do those events. Um, but we're we're trying to kind of carry the banner a little bit on our side, and I, and I think the work you've done for tying AI and AT together and having you know, we'll talk about now having maps that all look similar and maps that are exclusive and maps that are something different. You know, I think, um, tell us a little bit about that and how you're going to kind of make the event not just feel like every other AI game that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, first of all, we're like this year, I think Titanicus were doing a whole um, new set of like neoprene mats, you know, gaming mats. Nice. So I tried to like work my way into that process. So we should have, uh, we should have a series of, you know, at least 12 mats for our, our event that match the Titanicus neoprene mats, but we'll have the two inch grid printed on them for, uh, for Aeronautica. And I just got back from, uh, Hank Edley, you know, the, uh, the Adepticon Kingpin. I just came back from <laughs> Peoria. We had what we, uh, what we call spray team weekend. So twice so a year. Tell us about your, your terrain sweatshop. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, I might've heard the rumors. <laughs> so yeah, Hank invites, uh, is, some of the guys are local. Uh, some of them fly in, uh, Dave Taylor, uh, you know, came in from uh, the East coast and he puts this group together in his garage. And I know what that sounds like, but his garage is turned into a workshop uh, <laughs> there. It's, you know, there are banks of 3d printers uh, you know, there's a refrigerator. There's uh, he, he, he makes this giant square out of tables and everybody has a uh, airbrush setup. He also has two giant screen TVs where we, over the course of the weekend, we watch uh, sort of classic movies. Uh, I curated this weekend, so we watched movies like uh, Crawl. Uh, really? <laughs> Crawl, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, oh, Space Hunter. Ooh, we, can do, I, ooh. we can do a whole podcast about the movies we watched, but... Um, did you have to find them on VHS? <laughs> no. <laughs> Somehow Hank, yeah, Hank uses his Apple account. He has to. Oh, that's awesome. So we, uh, and we ended up probably uh, the group of us, probably about a dozen people finished. We had to have finished uh, maybe 
you know, 25 tables worth of Star Wars Legion terrain. Oh, that's cool. And it's beautiful stuff. I mean, it's really, you have guys who know exactly what they're doing, you know, and and can pump this stuff out. I think that in the middle of winter, we go to Brett's house and take up his garage. (laughs) We'll have our AI terrain building party in Brett's garage because it's Florida and it's warm. (laughs) Nice. So, but while that was all going on, you know, in in my own sort of like self-interest, I had... uh, the 3D printers were printing some secret uh, terrain slash objectives for our Aeronautica games. So you'll see those in a couple months. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I know our terrain was, you know, um, a mix of printed and, and GW standard. Uh, I think it was fairly thematic. We'll see if that <laughs> if that plan still works with expanded number of tables. Because quite frankly. Uh, I jokingly was like, there's no way we're going to double the size of our event, but we did. And so we went from from five tables and 10 players to 10, 10 tables and 20 players. Yeah. And so that's, that's not insignificant. Too. Yeah, it did. And so I, I got to say thank you to everybody that signed up um, because we knew there were more people that wanted to play. I mean, there were people that walked up at the end of the games, you know, beginning of the games were like, oh, I didn't know there's any AI on the schedule. Um that kind of stuff. So I was, I was pleased to see it, uh, fill up that fast. I think my concern is now giving everybody that same quality of experience that they sit down at the table and like, Oh, this is cool. This doesn't, this doesn't look like my local club or local gaming groups, AI game. That is just a GW board and some really cool painted airplanes. Um, I, we want to give them, you know, some, some cool terrain to fly around, fly over things to bomb, um, and, and go for it. It's it's a unique experience, right? It's a it's a unique gaming experience, and it sounds kind of contrived, but that's what you're trying to, to aim for, right? You, you really to, are. Yeah, is to make it like you said exactly like something they're not going to do at their local game store, right? Right, or and, in their buddy's the, basement, right? Yeah, because the reality is part of that, as we've discussed, is a little bit to having a vision of if I was master of of all I surveyed, what would I want to do in a really cool game? And sometimes those take you down a road that's too hard or too complex for a scenario or things like that. And and that's always something you have to guard against. But then there's times that in that creation process, like when I, when I sat there and said in my mind, what do I see when I see all these fighters fighting in the grim dark world of 40K? And the first thing was I see you know, the, the big spires of any, any one of the hive cities. And so right. I was like, I don't know what the rules are going to be. All I know is I need really tall buildings. Damn it. <laughs> so it was, it was one of those moments where it drives you down a certain view, a certain, um, you know, imagery of, of what you're going to do. But the problem is then you have to translate that into terrain and rules and, and games that are fun. So. Right. Well, tell us a little bit about some of the, I don't want to say rules tweaks, but how you arrived at your, um, point value list building concepts because you're doing something different than us and I and I got to give you credit um, when you and I talked about it I wish I'd thought of it it's a it's a really creative way of constraining the lists a little bit and making people pick and choose and you can't have everything you want but you allow people to to have a variety to their lists especially in a game where everyone's either Divisio Aeronautica or or a right and I think you know Aeronautica in general the points are. You know, it, it, the points are very f- flexible in terms of like what you and your opponent want to do. Right. Right. Because like a dogfight will work at 50 points. Man, in a dogfight will work at 250 points. Yeah. So it, it's like it scales well. I got I got to right. give them credit, you know. So the concept, what we're doing is we sort of wanted to represent that you have to put together you know, an air wing or a squadron, you know, some sort of force that is flexible enough to deal with any mission, you know, that might arise uh, during the sky war over this forge planet. Right? right. So you, you have to, you have to shoot for flexibility, but we also give you enough points. I think 200 points in just aircraft, right? Right doesn't include upgrades. You have 200 points to just buy your aircraft. And that's your pool, right? That's your, you know, those are the planes that you have. Um, you know, those are the planes that are accessible for the missions that right. you might have to undertake. So 
once you put that group together and it's not, I mean, it's not, you know, rocket science per se, because, you know, there may be a troop landing scenario, you know, there's probably a ground attack uh, element, you know, to the narrative, you know, and, and surely there's going to be air to air combat. So, I mean, you can, I think you can sort of figure out, you know, what it means to be flexible, but then we'll have three missions and each mission, you know, you'll have time to like equip your, each mission will have a different point value or range, you know, say the first mission happens to be dogfight, and you and your opponent can decide it's going to be somewhere between a hundred and 150 points. So now you can take any of those planes in your pool and now you can upgrade them, right? You could buy, you know, you could upgrade weapon systems. You can add, you know, a Stardace upgrades, you know, Legion specific upgrades. So it gives you that flexibility. Everybody has like 10, 15 minutes before the game starts to, you know, you're like, you're tailoring your, your aircraft now for that mission, Right. Well, and the the example I have gone back to, we we even talked about it is, you know, there's certain airplanes you want to bring. So they're going to be in your list. But guess what? You only get as many of them as you put in your 200 point list. Right. So if suddenly you find yourself going, oh, man, I really wanted two fire raptors. No, you only put one of them in your 200 point list. You'll only get one and fill out the rest of your points however you want with upgrades or with, you know, other aircraft. But you only have one to draw from because there was only one in your 200 point list. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, and it, and if you want to put a tech Marine on that fire Raptor in, in one mission, yeah, but take him off in, a, in another mission. One maybe. Yeah. Right. He may and have maybe got called you, away to, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, yeah. or, or like you and I talked about, if you're, if you're a numbers versus quality people, you know, maybe you're going to put more Xiphons. You're going to, you're going to push up the number of fighters. And you're going to go, well, I'm just going to tailor either their, um, their weapons for the air to ground mission that I know I may need to accomplish at the same time. So I'm just going to spend those upgrades instead of on, you know, cool aircraft things, just in changing out my missiles to be air to ground missiles. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a super cool way to do it because it, it tackles one of the problems that I've had with aeronautica, which is, while all bombers are created equal, some are more equal than others. <laughs> and there are aircraft in the game, Brett, I'm looking at you, um, like Eldari, with bombers that really are just super fighters. And, and Space Marines is the same way. The Thunderhawk gunship, that thing is just, it's just ugly. Um, it's classified as a bomber, but it is it is deadly. As a so, side, Doug, oh, yeah. have, you, have you built one of those yet? I have two of them that are still unbuilt. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to build one and it's not going to get done before Adepticon. It's they're exactly. huge. They're like, yeah. they're like Titan size. They like are from, amazing. My, yeah. my problem is I was about to get one out of the box and build it. And then I went and I saw the interior kit that Battle Bling sells for it. And that is amazing. And they did scare me a little bit where they're like, this is slightly above average modeling needed to put this together. So I still haven't bought the interior kit from them, but I, I would love to have a fully detailed uh, Thunderhawk done. I don't see myself building that in, in the next two months. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, you know, you've, you've attacked the problem of, of aircraft um, differences between between factions, and that some aircraft, like like the Thunderhawk, um, fall into a weird category of classification. You know, they they may be called a bomber, but they do fighter things as well. Um, and and to be honest, there's there's a lot of uh, of the factions in the 40k version that have similar things. But we came at it from a little bit different. We we just said we're going to get rid of bombers, and we said that a little bit based on specifically my blood red skies experience which was okay if if bombers are being too fightery for lack of a better term then let's make them more of a cutout and so for people who've been wondering how am i going to do ground attack missions in in the 40k ai uh, our answer was well you're going to have the option that you're going to be given either the ability to have an allied bomber because everyone's playing separatists or loyalists in this one. So, so it doesn't matter whether you're Xenos or whatever, if you're, if you're Xenos loyalists, <laughs> you might be, you know, flying wing on an Imperial bomber. Um, but you, you're going to have a support bomber that you're going to be given. So you're not going to get to pick and choose, or you're going to have 
the ability in your point value to go, I'm going to take one less aircraft, but now I'm going to take those points. And I'm going to throw it back to all my air to ground upgrades. Um, so we're going to give people some flexibility there that you can, you can accomplish the task two different ways, but we're not, I don't want people to show up with a bomber that really is more of a fighter and be, you know, doing fighter things with it. Cause it really should have been called a fighter for that purpose. Um, and that, that way I also think people don't get pigeonholed in the list. Cause we had a few players that, um, th- they weren't mad about it, but they're like, wow, I didn't really think about the diversity of the missions. And I tended to, to think about, I, I, I either tried to do everything and didn't do any, uh, or I had an all air to air list and I kept trying to attack ground targets. Why didn't I just table my, my enemy? I'm like, well, cause I wrote this scenario that if you tabled your enemy and didn't accomplish the ground targets, you still didn't win. Um, right. so there, there's a lot of crafting of it all that goes into, into how we've done it. So I think, I think you and I are attacking it from different, different perspectives, a, a similar, not a problem, but just a, a way of playing a similar hurdle. That we're right. Trying to overcome. Yeah, I like I like your way too. I think it's very thematic. You know, yeah. I think, and especially with the wider variety of aircraft, you know, in 40k, I think you know it's a little bit easier for us because you really only have a very, you know, a limited right, you know, limited types of aircraft you're dealing with. I mean, you well, have, and I I feel bad for some of the Xenos players because while you you might some of the players like Eldar have a ton of fighters. Some like Necrons have one. <laughs> so I'm like, sorry, bros. <laughs> That's just how it goes. I'm like, don't worry about it. Field a bunch of fighters. Uh, if you're the town, you have both scouts and fighters. Uh, you have some more flexibility. But but at the end of the day, once again, most most of the factions have enough fighter depth that they can field multiple types. Um, and especially the Imperial side has tons of options. Space Marines has tons of options. Eldari has tons of options. Tau and and Necrons kind of get pigeonholed a little bit. Uh, orcs have more than one option, so I'm happy they have two options. Uh, but I think what what we'll hopefully see is people that concentrate on playing the air to air piece of the list building, and then go, okay, the the lead pursuit guys are going to give us what we need to try to accomplish the mission. And whether we do or not isn't a fault of the list that I built. It's a fault of me just not being a good air commander. And and that's that's something we brought over from Blood Red Skies and the tournaments right. there where we tried to really take out a lot of the variables and say, I don't care that you picked the wrong multi-engine bomber in in any one of these things. We want you to – who's the best air commander that made the right decisions, not somebody who who – wasn't as savvy for list building or picked the exactly. wrong upgrade. Right. You know? So, so I think it's, I think it's a cool way of, of both of us attacking it. I know what it means for me is that means more models I have to get done. Damn it. But it, it gives me a good reason to get those, uh, those Imperial bombers finished. Right. <laughs> so I'll slowly, slowly dig through all that. Well, cool. What are some of the things when you guys kind of built the concept of, of doing a heresy, aeronautica event what in your mind is the heresy flavor and flair and lore and fluff that you really want people to walk away from what what to you is the difference in the feel of heresy ai versus 40k ai that's a good question you know i think like we were talking about before you know with aeronautica sort of being still a little bit of a niche game now you're talking about heresy being like a niche in the <laughs> a niche. niche. Of a niche. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like th- So you're saying that you play French ships of the line in oak and iron right. only against the Spanish. <laughs> right. So I think you I, I think they do a good job again in the book of making you know making legions characterful in a way that, you know, it, you know, keeps to the spirit of, you know, each legion during the heresy having, you know, some specialty, right? right? So each, you know, those, those legion specific upgrades do that a little bit, you know, for us. And I think this is where it was important that we work together with the Titanicus uh, crew is that, you know, we wanted to show, you know, with this sort of map-based campaign, you, you know the, you know the ebb and flow of a of a conflict on a world. Right. You know, I think the scope of the Horus Heresy is the, you know, we could have run our event, you know, and made it, you know, again, I've printed out some stuff. We have some 
cool objectives. And and we still have spots open. There's definitely going to be some uh, printed swag for people. Oh, if nice. I can just uh, throw that out there. If anybody's on the <laughs> just fence. Just dangle that. If anyone's on yeah, the fence. If anybody's on the up. fence. But, um, Absolutely sign up. You know, we wanted, you know, we wanted the scope of the, you know, we wanted there to be consequences. Like if, right. if, if the traders win the air war over this planet, it will affect, you know, what happens to the, you know, the, the loyalist Titans on the ground. Right. So I think that's the way we sort of approached it is that, you know, we wanted it to be an integral part of this, you know, overall campaign, you know, and maybe next year we expand it. I mean, maybe we talk to, you know, the, uh, the crew that's doing the, uh, you know, the 28 millimeter heresy right. stuff, the, you know, the Warhammer 30 K, you know, and, you know, maybe we do a zone mortalis, you know, that connects to this, you know, this wider campaign that we're doing, you know, or who knows, maybe there'll be other, Games Workshop may produce other eight millimeter games at some point. <laughs> One could hope. I hear it's all yeah, it's, you, <laughs> I don't need to know. go back. You into, never know. Don't need to go back into Epic, but oh my God, would I love to? Uh, it's yeah, it, you know. So yeah, that's the way. That's the way we sort of looked at it. Is that we wanted to, you know, sort of carry on the tradition of what the the Green Legion, Mark and Nate, and those guys had done with the, you know, with the thirty k stuff in the past, and just. You know, just make it, you know, you know, make it seem like it is the fate of this planet is, you know, in the hands of your pilots. So, yeah, and, and that's the piece that that we are really missing. And and I know the the 40K tournament and game scene there is is so diverse between friendly tournament, between highly competitive tournament, doubles games, all kinds of things. There's um, there's kill team going before uh, and after us usually. Uh, it's, it's fitting ours in is a little tougher because it's such a larger group of, of TOs, but it's one of the things that we've talked about is how do we make it feel like you're doing something that you're not just playing a bunch of games, which is cool, but how do you feel like you're part of a larger narrative? Because quite frankly, AI fits a, a great niche in the whole narrative piece that if you want all this plugin of, of you know, how did the troops get behind enemy lines? Why is the kill team here? Or how did you take out the supplies for the Titans? You know, all those things AI fits in defeating those stories. And so I think for you guys in, in the heresy world, it's it's really straightforward with a small cadre of people to to make that leap. I, I don't know if we're ever right. going to get there. I, I know I know our problem is we just don't know a lot of the other uh, 40K organizers very well. So it's it's I got to know some of the kill team guys and some of those that other the other crowds just being there last year, but we don't have those habitual relationships with them. So it's, it's harder for us to say, Hey man, let's do a really big, you know, narrative event. But I think that would be fun because, you know, AI lends itself to that. And especially 40 K AI with so many diverse, you know, Xenos and human factions to, to play in there. Uh, the, there's always some cool thing you could, you could wind into someone else's campaign or, or their, their wider gaming structure. But absolutely. All yeah. comes down to hours in the day. Hours in the day to come up with good ideas oh. <laughs> and to call people and go, "Hey, man!" You said it. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's one of the, the tough things Steve and I always laugh about is is all the good ideas. And and I'm actually gonna gonna roll it out to Steve for a moment. To uh, is there anything you want to inform the lead pursuit listeners about for Adepticon swag wise or idea wise? What do they need to tell you? What do you What do you want to know from? The maddening crowd. Man, you know, I don't know. Is there anything that anybody's like really wants for swag? Like, is there like a thing that's better than other things? Or like yeah, if so you showed up for a tournament would be like, man, I really am so psyched I got that. So, so we laugh about this. So this is one of these call outs for some feedback because we're in the final stages of producing whatever we're going to give away for swag. And and those who've attended lead pursuit events know it never has anything to do with aviation. It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> let's see here, whiskey glasses with, you know, old pilots names on it, whatever. Um, but if there's things that in the past have been really cool, let us know. Uh, if there's things you don't want to see again, let us know that as well. Um, because we're trying to come up with what our you know, this year's Adepticon and Gathering of Eagles and all those standard uh, handout swag things are. So, uh, so let but us like, know. Like a, oh, like Dave's a, got an idea. Well, I, I, I got just a quick aside. What do you, for the 40K AI, what do you, what do you do for awards at the end? 
So you're going to laugh. We didn't do anything last year. Literally, okay. it was it was all, we're just going to hang out. We're going to play games. We gave away, we gave glasses. We had Aeronautica Imperialis uh, glasses we did, right? I think, didn't we? Uh, that, and then we That's had awesome. t-shirts. And I think that was it. T-shirts yeah, and glasses. T-shirts and whiskey glasses with uh, the AI logo on them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I That's mean, ours great. was our. Uh, you know, I've I keep thinking I'm like, yeah, I really would like to, you know, do either some, you know, level system or just give some awards away. But at the same time, I'm like. That's not really what I'm here for. I'm in this case. I'm really here to just get everybody together and play the game, and let's all have some fun and and you know right. hand out the swag at the end. Right. We're sort of doing the traditional. You know, we'll have like a top loyalist, uh, and this will just be based on victory points over the three, right. the three missions. Like a top loyalist, a top trader, and then the ace because the the event is ace is high. I don't know if you're a <laughs> Iron Maiden fan, but, no, uh, not at all. I hate, Iron Maiden. wait, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift, right? Brett, just like you. Oh yeah. yeah midnight's a good album. Uh, yeah. So, right. yeah. <laughs> no, so, but that'll be for the person who has over the course of the three missions, the most downed opponent planes. Oh, nice. So we're just going to keep track of that. And then because my uh, Chris Bohr, who's running the event with me, because we're both, uh, I mean, Chris Bohr is a three-time Slayer Sword winner. He's got dozens of Golden Demons. <laughs> we thought we're going to, we, we do want to have like a best painted squadron. Oh, good. Award. I will not be winning that award. So so let me put my hat in the ring that I'm going to win the Ace Award and nobody else is going to win it but me. I'm going to kill the most number of airplanes. I like uh, your I'm not gonna, <laughs> But I'm not going to win any, any painting award. They'll be like, really? Did you paint this with your toes? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. But no, I and I will throw, I will throw the gauntlet down because um, I, I really want to see your event uh, get sold out. Uh, please come to the event, even if you come with no reason other than tabling me. Tabling the guy from Lead Pursuit who says, I'm going to win everything. I'm going to just shoot down too many enemy airplanes, and I'm going to be the best Imperial Fist uh, player ever. Uh, so That's great, great motivator. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Come beat Doug. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that means I actually have to play the game on like Wednesday night when we get there and remember how to do this. Um, but no, I think it's going to be a good time, and, and I'm looking forward to playing in your game, um, looking forward to hosting our games. I think, I think they're both going to be fun events. I think... Um, like a lot of game systems that are niche markets, this is one that we'll, we'll do whatever the community wants. You know, all the feedback, good, bad, or ugly after these events, let us know what was fun, what wasn't fun, um, scheduling and timing, because I know that was an impact on your event, the days you guys were free to do things and when to fit in AI events. Um, because I know a lot of people even ask me, they're like, hey, Doug, can you guys do a Thursday morning AI? Uh, and thankfully- right. Uh, cooler heads prevailed before I signed us up for yet another <laughs> <laughs> another event. I was like, "Really? Do you want to do a Thursday morning?" I'm like, "Okay, no, I don't." So uh, I'm good. Um, but but I, I guess what I want to throw out to the community is let us know what fits your schedule or what things we could do uh, next year because I think the community is in a sense a silent majority out there for this game. There's a lot of people that own models, but a lot of people also are beholden to other events. And so that's the onus is purely on us once you inform us of that as to how we can all sit down and say, okay, heresy team, let's figure out where our heresy players can fit in. Okay, 40K guys, can we change and reshuffle some stuff? Because there's a lot of kill team players that want to play that actually worked out for us this year or last year. They weren't uh, bid against each other. But there's always people that want to want to get in these events and, and uh, we don't want them to have to clear their schedules. We want to be able to, to flex and to fit into that with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, any feedback, um, we are surprisingly receptive, I think. Yes. Yes, you are. And surprisingly forgiving. So, so I will say this now, and Steve's going to laugh. Adepticon is surprisingly forgiving. And we're sorry we transgressed. We are the most horrible people ever. Please forgive us, but we fucking have a sense of humor. God damn it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I have beaten Steve with a wet noodle and 30 lashes and he will never be the same after that experience. But <laughs> oh, but that's all right. We'll grow and we'll get off that. It, it, it wouldn't be a lead pursuit event if we didn't piss people off. 
So, I, so I've also got to throw that out there. We, I think we've made the name for ourselves by pissing off everyone from Warlord to Games Workshop and in between. Uh, so, <laughs> and now Steve is thoroughly ashamed. <laughs> Steve is trying to crawl under his desk and hide. It sounds um, like you're offending all the right people. I, it, well, it, it, and, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those standard things. We don't take ourselves very seriously. And we sometimes forget that in, in not taking ourselves seriously, sometimes people take themselves slightly more seriously than we do. So uh, we'll get over that. We'll figure it out and we'll do our best to only offend people that none of us like. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm with you. At Warlord Games. That's you, John Russell. <laughs> we don't like you. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so on a, on a side note, uh, we will also be doing all the historical stuff uh, for Blood Red Skies over across the way at the Hyatt. So if you uh, are playing in our AI event and you want to acquire another addiction for little plastic airplanes, uh, please feel free to take a look at the schedule. Uh, all of the Blood Red Skies events we are either supporting or affiliated with, yes, even the one that Mike and Don are running for their Guadalcanal campaign, uh, we're going to stand around and advise and help a little bit there. But if you are Blood Red Skies curious uh, and you enjoy uh, gaming in a non-rules constrained environment, I might say, the Furball uh, on Friday uh, we have a lot more open slots. So come over, hang out, learn roughly what Blood Red Skies is like. I think we're, I think we agreed we're going to sort of follow the rules, right? Right, Brett? We said we'd at least comply with the basic concept of the game, <laughs> but we're going to have fun. We're going to introduce people to the models, to the, uh, to the games, the rules, and try to have a good time and hopefully destroy some airplanes in the process. So. Like Mario Kart meets Blood Red Skies. So, so I, I think it's a cross between Mario Kart. Am I right? In the, was it 1942? Was that the video game we all played as kids with the yeah, trackball and you shot up the, the, yeah. Yeah, the scroller with all the crazy airplane boss airplanes? Yeah. It's some weird cross between all of those and actually Blood Red Sky. So I'll apologize in advance to Andy Chambers. We are taking your game system and we're having fun with it. Um, but the intent is so people will play it and have and 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 not feel intimidated about playing a historical game because uh, we know there there is a uh, there's a step up when you leave fantasy and sci-fi land and you come to snobby historical land. Uh, sometimes people don't understand we're just there to have fun with historical games as well. <laughs> we're, we're like the Captain Kelso of the historical gaming uh, side of the yes. house, right? I was going to say I've yes. survived in a historical gaming scene, and I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah, you about don't even it, know so. history. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. Yeah, no, so so I will also throw that out to to Mike as the uh, the organizer of uh, all things historical at Adepticon. Thank you for tolerating the Lead Pursuit podcast and thinking that we actually might help bring people into the event that are worth keeping in the historical side. I'm I'm not sure the Cretans that are following us are going to be people you want in the historical gaming venue, but that's all right. Well, we'll I, I heard there was you're, you're going to do a Korean War. We uh, are so that that I gotta, one, and I, I I would love to try the game. Please and, come over for that yeah. one, and I blame Don. So so Don and Mike shamed me into that one. So I love Korean War, Blood Red Skies. I love Jet Rules. I love all that piece. Uh, however, comma it's one more event that got thrown on the schedule, but it should be fun. A lot of support. Uh, Don and his guys are doing some models, so. We're going to have a good time like we did uh, at Pax River and put a bunch of bunch of jets on the table, hopefully shoot some of them down, unlike last time. Steve, you and I horribly failed as the MiGs, uh, <laughs> but that's all right. Hopefully we'll down some of the attacking imperialist dogs and uh, teach people how to play the jet rules for, uh, for MiG Alley and Blood Red Skies. Well, cool. Anything on our side in closing? Steve, Brett, any challenges you want to throw out? I know we have said there are going to be grudge matches at Adepticon, are there any inner team grudge matches or do we all love each other? And, and, and Steve's tired of losing grudge matches to me. No, we're, how we're good. You know, I'm, I'm psyched because like you were saying, I think the, I really like both games. I really like both games cause they're easy to learn, but <laughs> yes. they're both very different, you know? Uh, and like you were saying, envisioning in your brain, the spires and the terrain and you know the ai stuff is just such a cool looking thing because the terrain is on the board and it actually has to do with the game and you get that three-dimensional board you know so i would say the same thing you were talking about ai players maybe venturing over to the historical side if you're a historical gamer and listens to this and you just like airplanes i mean i'm not a 40k guy i'm not a horace heresy guy uh you know i love I love AI. I just think it's a fun airplane game. You know, don't think that you're like, oh, it's 40K and I'm going to get 
drawn in with the space marine, you know. Building. All those stinky people no, over there are going to yeah. draw me in and make me play their sci-fi games. If you like airplanes <laughs> and you like airplane games, you, you need to go over to the other venue and, and play one of these AI games because it's a super fun airplane game. Steve is, uh, Steve is here, here. I mean, Aeronautica, we're, we do this fundamentally because Aeronautica is just an absolute blast to play. Yeah, it's, it is, I, I am so excited that the community is still there. I was always afraid that people were going to move on and find whatever the next GW hotness was. Um, but the, uh, the AI community is still there for both Heresy and for 40K AI. And I, and I think it's just going to be a lot of fun to play. Well, Dave, any Adepticon uh, cleanup notes? Anything you guys say, hey, here's the latest changes, here's the latest um, late breaking news or, or anything from y'all's team? Um, we should. So I'm like looking right now at our draft of our, you know, the rules packet or, you know, right. I right, whatever they call it. So it should be up by the time this uh, this comes out. It should be up on the uh, in the nice. event rules. You know, we should have that up in the next couple of days. So, and then I'm just going to put my email on it. And if there's, you know, players who have questions, um, you know, I'll, I'll be accessible for that. But I, you know, beyond that, I mean, I don't foresee anything, you know, changing dramatically between now and what I was horrifyingly uh, told is two months away. Oh, God. I, and it's it stunned me. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought of that uh, as I finished up work today and I was kind of doing my mental checklist of, uh, okay, all the things I need to get done. And I'm like, oh shit, I am so far behind, but we'll get yeah. there. We'll figure it out. Um, I, I will say for the 40K players, um, we are not as detailed as Dave. We are not as prepared as Dave. Uh, where are we and what we're going to see? Last year's uh, scenarios are on uh, the Gathering of Eagles, Aeronautica, Subsite. So if you if you got the link that was in the event, if you go out there to the GOE page, click on Aeronautic Events, uh, you can take a look at last year's scenarios. This year is going to be different. This year does not have a tournament packet like last year. Didn't really doesn't have a a intro to how to build your list or what you need to look at. Literally, that is all in the description. And of course, your description was better than mine and much longer and much more fluffy. So I. Once again, hate you, uh, but oh no! But that was, yeah, we we I had it. It was it was much longer, and then I was told that we had like a, I don't know if it was five hundred words. I had like, like a I just I put a point value in a web link in mine. <laughs> no, I had written a I had written a novella about the air war, but so I had to scrap that. You had yeah. to scrap that and go back to something. Oh, short. Oh, but wow. but, but we year. literally and I and I try not to exaggerate. All you need to know to show up to the event to have fun is we are not competitive, bring your 150-point fighters and scouts list, and that's all you need to bring. And I say point number three, you don't need to bring ground assets, you don't need to bring bombers, you don't need to bring any of that. We'll do that. Uh, and and everything we're going to hand you is going to be straightforward enough to flex. I do ask that people understand the rules fairly well. I'm, I'm happy to stand there and explain the intricacies of ground attack or the intricacies of, of some of these other rules that you may or may not have played a lot. Um, that's my role as a, as an event organizer, but show up and have fun. I don't want people to stress about what the right list is. Uh, fully painted models, please. We're trying to hold people to that standard coming from the heresy era. Um, but uh, for, for the 40 K AI, we just want people to have some nicely painted models, have fun uh, and go out there and, and just talk to the other players. Cause part of our concern is the groups that are playing AI, it's two people or it's three people. And we know there's a lot more people playing, but they're not playing in large groups. And so we kind of want people to all sit down, get to know the other players, realize they're the same crew that shows up at Adepticon every year and continue to build the community after the event. Because that really is what's going to keep the game alive, not whether GW releases 15 new models in the next year or not. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, Dave, thanks for being on the show tonight. Really, really appreciate it. It's good to talk through AI and talk to Adepticon staff and everything. And, and my pleasure. It is, it, yeah, it's great to meet you guys. It's been great to like uh, sort of work with you on the uh, AI events. And uh, yeah, I think it's the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> well, Mike said that last year, and then suddenly we're taking advantage of him and setting up a podcast booth and be and all that. So be careful what you ask for with the Lead Pursuit podcast. <laughs> Oh, I think Mike 
Mike encourages that people take advantage of him. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all of a sudden, when he's giving on the on the spot, man on the corner interviews to Lead Pursuit podcast uh, during Adepticon, he will he will sadly regret bringing us into the fold. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thanks, and to our listeners, uh, please once again like review the podcast. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, Yes, Mac, I know you'll tell me I did another podcast talking about 40K and 30K and you never want to hear it again, so I'm sorry. Uh, But for the rest of you that have a broad like and uh, interest in aviation and sci-fi aviation, uh, let us know specifically about 40K um, and and Heresy AI and and the things you've run into, the the list problems, uh, the things you feel are OP, the things you feel are broken, uh, and that way we can tailor our events in the future. Uh, Will we be doing more AI as Lead Pursuit? Absolutely. Will we do more events? Hopefully. I can't necessarily say NashCon, uh, but maybe we will do some more uh, there. There's definitely a, a desire. I see the look on Steve's face right now. He's trying to calculate how many pairs of boots that equates to coming down to NashCon that he'll have to buy for his wife. So <laughs> so we'll figure that out if we can bring him along. And of course, if Brett would ever leave the state of Florida and you know come up somewhere other than Adepticon for a convention. That sure would be nice. But uh, NashCon is kind of where we're going to plant the flag, I think, because it's uh, it's central and it's close uh, for some of the crew down there. But anyway, uh, Steve, what are we going to say in closing? <laughs> I don't know. But I thought, I've thought I've been taken off of closing. You have. You've duty. been fired from, from closing. Brett, <laughs> do we have a closing? Keep waxing that mustache. I don't know. May you pass all your pilot tests. all right i'm gonna say thank you everyone for listening and keep climbing for advantage my god it's such a terrible terrible end (laughs) it's so bad this is a watcher six yeah we need something (laughs) ai themed like choose your maneuver wisely you know (laughs) i don't know something dumb like that all right